G'day, hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron, thank you very much for joining me. Before we go any further, hit that subscribe button, please do that. Hey, uh, we've got a big show for you this week. Matt's actually been out riding a bike. This was recorded just before uh, we came into lockdown. But Matt has finally been riding the Harley-Davidson Pan America. We'll also be talking to a few more characters we've had on the show over the last 18 months or so. But first, I'd like to ask you a favour. Podcasting is still kind of an underground thing here in New Zealand, not quite mainstream. We're the only motorcycling podcast across the country, you know, catering to New Zealand stuff and made right here in Kiwiland. But that is all changing. The first ever New Zealand Podcasting Awards are being held, and we'd like you to nominate us. If you wouldn't mind, head to nzpodcastawards.com forward slash nominate. And nominate us. The only trick is when you're nominating, there's about three or four boxes to fill in there. One of them's a category. We technically come under arts and culture. Don't ask me why there's no motoring category, but maybe we can change that. It's still early days. So yeah, nzpodcastawards.com forward slash nominate. Please nominate us. That'd be absolutely outstanding. If you have any problems finding that nomination page, it's on our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Podcast. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Right, let's catch up with someone who's quite well known across social media for racing, riding road bikes, and of course riding dirt bikes, those green machines, it's Chaotic Blonde. So this week I thought we would catch up with someone we talked to earlier in the year, or was it late last year? Uh, It all blends into one. Uh, Chaotic Blonde, aka Amber, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good! How's your lockdown been so far? Um, it's been a variety of lots of dirt biking and uh, lots of horse riding, so and uh, walking around the block a hundred times over. Just to say you, that you got out of the house, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, essential exercise and all that. <laughs> I mean, I say lockdown, but um, we're recording this uh, the day before the Friday announcement. Uh, Auckland likely to be extended. The rest of the country, who knows? Um, but so much has happened in your life bef- since we last spoke to you. Uh, so yeah, there's, a few <laughs> things, there's a few things to touch on. Firstly, uh, a bit of an unfortunate incident on the way to work one day. Yeah, I decided that um, the traffic was getting the better of me, so popped up the 400 to take for a morning commute, and um, just a lapse in judgment, literally, and I ended up uh, bike versus van, and unfortunately I came off uh, worse than the van did, and I uh, had a one-way trip to Auckland Hospital, North Shore didn't want to take me, because as soon as they heard trauma was involved, they were like, oh, no, nope, that needs to be re- uh, redirected, and uh, ended up with a broken pelvis and a pretty severe concussion. This so, not long <laughs> after um, your your partner and our husband, Luke, had pretty much, uh, well, not the same, but a very similar motorcycle accident. Yeah, he, um, he broke his back in two places, which ruled him out for about three months. Um, and that was just, again, another really silly sort of crash. He just went up a hill and didn't quite get the right momentum and came crashing back down and um, landed on a few cow, rat, uh, cow ruts, which completely smashed his spine to bits. Man, you guys have had a bad run. Let's hope that's the end of it. Um, but yeah. you, you came off... <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you, you came off, um, I want to say, 
better than you could have. Uh, I mean, a bro- broken pelvis, that's, that's that's not nice at all. I, I can only imagine. But uh, it could have been a lot worse. And, and your gear kind of is to is to, um, to credit for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm someone that rides in gear all the time, even if it's a trip down to the supermarket, which is literally five minutes down the road. It's always gear up and make sure that I'm well protected. Because like that incident, it wasn't speed involved. There was no dangerous driving or riding involved it was literally just a lapse in judgment i saw the van go out um, ahead of me into the intersection and literally saw him wander away so i was head checking right to pull into the intersection saw that i had the same gap put the accelerator on by the time i straightened up he had stopped halfway into the next lane over the giveaway line and just went straight into the back of him at full throttle um and yeah unfortunately my powers is broken because of the tank because i was full throttle and by the time i had looked straight i didn't quite have the capability to brake. it just meant that it went um a bit worse than what i was expecting <laughs> but no my helmet um my gear my boots when they sort of pulled me apart and started checking all the injuries um they saw the bruising on one of my legs and was like oh you've definitely snapped that in half um and it was right where my boot was and um when they pulled the boot off, they were like, oh, yep, yeah, that's definitely broken. But no, nope, when I got to the x-rays, they were like, oh, no, it's actually all fine. And literally my leg hit the top of the roof of the van and they thought it had snapped in half. So that was a bit of a saving grace. And then um, my pelvis couldn't be sort of protected by gear simply because it was where the tank was and you don't really wear pelvis protection. <laughs> um, but everywhere else, my helmet, that was quite an interesting story as well because when they looked at the exterior of the helmet, it looked relatively okay. And I mean, I'd gone full bore into the back of the van head first. And um, it wasn't until they pulled it off and they looked at the internal compartments of it that they saw it had all been pretty much crumbled and smashed to bits. Um, and again, they were like, wow, you came out of that relatively well. And then, yeah, leather jacket, always wear a leather jacket. Not even a scratch on that. So <laughs> I have to, yeah, pretty much thank the, the blessings of gear. And I've always run Revit, which has um, definitely earned its keep now. <laughs> so you're running uh, Revit jacket and pants. Um, what boots, what helmet? I was running my Alpine Star boots, which are my commuter boots, because they tend to be a lot more um, comfy than what I'm used to. I think they're the SMX6s, um, the ladies' boot. And, I mean, people go, oh, you could just wear, like, you know, motorcycle shoes or um, general motorcycle bits and pieces. But for me, full boots always made sense, and it did in this case. If I wasn't wearing them, my leg for sure would have been snapped in half. So (laughs) that was a blessing. And then just my um, showy NXR, really gutted as it was a one of a kind that came to New Zealand. So I'm not going to be able to replace it. (laughs) But um, that's all right. I'll just have to find something else. But definitely probably going back to showy or HJC um, for all my future helmets I might be showing off my uh, my hoarder side but um, I don't know if you do the same thing if you've got a helmet you can't wear anymore but you like the look of it do you ever put them up on the shelf and just have them as an ornament yeah Luke and I are pretty bad because we've both gone through a few helmets so my <laughs> my aero dirt bike helmet my showy NXR and his AGV are all sitting there looking quite pretty together yeah polish them up I, well I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've um, you're, you're recovering uh, was there any kind of um, head injury did you get a concussion or anything like that yeah pretty pretty bad concussion um and unfortunately it was my second one in 
four weeks. So literally four weeks earlier, um, I was out doing the Rodney motocross, uh, motocross day and just hit a rut wrong and kind of slipped over. And the person behind was sort of focusing on their own ride and just completely rode over the top of me, um, smashing, again, another helmet. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a bit of a, a big no-no. The doctors are like, you cannot afford another concussion this year. Like, it's, there's just too many. And our heads are only sort of protected by very little. So <laughs> I've got to kind of look after that. And hence why this lockdown, as much as I'd love to be out riding, I've decided that um, walking the horse is probably the better bet. <laughs> yes, definitely seems a lot safer. And walking, not get, not riding, walking. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to got to try and keep calm, but it doesn't always happen that way. I've, I get a bit get a bit excited about things and want to go and do more. Like I've got to say, this lockdown not as drastic as the last one. Like every time we do go out for a walk, there seems to be a lot of people out and about. Um, and I mean, we're not the only ones riding dirt bikes around. We've often seen kids on these scooters and their uh, little pit bikes wandering up and down the roads. So I'm like, mm, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, so uh, I mentioned at the start of this uh, this chat that uh, there's a lot happened since we last spoke to you. I mean, we've talked about the nasty side of, of, of motorcycling. Let's talk about, um, well, congratulations on getting married. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a really good wedding. I mean, we parked a ZX6R in front of a few really nice cars and did a sick burnout. <laughs> Meme. I did see a few videos and photos, so congratulations on that. Um, and, uh, well, you know, when you have a crash and, you, you know, you, your insurance company says that that bike's a write-off, that's, that's a sad thing. But... The positive from that is you get to get new bikes. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I was hoping that the 400 would be able to be turned into a track bike. But when I went down, um, Mr. Motorcycles has been the team that's been looking after pretty much my bike since I started riding. And I went down and chatted with the um, head mechanic there and he was like, I wouldn't touch this as a... Um, as a track bike and literally even though it was such a slow speed impact the bike was obliterated the whole front frame was cracked and bent back the front forks um the engine was pushed back so he was like unfortunately the frame's not straight the engine's been pushed it's just not worth it for you but in saying that it does mean that i get to look at new 400s which i'm happy about and we'll do once i'm out of lockdown um but just before lockdown we've sort of invested a little bit more time in the dirt biking side of things on the enduros and the cross country um luke is is slowly making his way back up to the top um, so he was running sort of fifth in the um, individual two-man series which was an open class so 450s 250s etc all running together which was awesome for him on a 250 and the only issue is we needed a two-stroke and we were discovering very quickly that the four strokes overheat in ways that they probably shouldn't so hit up Wilkes Penny um, I decided to order a beta 200 as my KX125 just unfortunately is getting a bit too expensive to maintain and repair because the parts just aren't available it's an 08 um, they're slowly not making bits for them anymore um, so decided that I was going to look at investing in a brand new dirt bike and did a lot of research tried a lot of bikes and uh, the Beta 200 RR was definitely on the list so I've ordered a 22 hopefully turning up next month <laughs> and then when Luke decided that he was going to try look at two stroke unfortunately Kawasaki just don't manufacture them anymore so there were limited options we didn't really want to go KTM um, 
there tends to be obviously a lot of those wandering around and we like a bit of the underdog so decided to try the beta 200 uh, race edition so we got the last one in the country and that's what he's been burning around on uh, literally picked it up just before lockdown <laughs> which was very convenient if you want to see um, a lot of Luke's content and I, I believe a lot of that content is being uh, organised by yourself um, you can jump yes. on um, uh, Beta Motorcycles NZ on Instagram uh, Lost Squid on Instagram and a lot of it's coming out on your channel as well uh, Chaotic Blonde yeah definitely we've just I mean we've limited to what we can do but he's definitely made tracks all through the garden um, and the driveway has become a bit of a wheelie lane so <laughs> no complaints and there. you even let him you even let him rock up the uh, the horse yard <laughs> yeah definitely it's quite interesting like the horses are not phased by it at all i know people go around being like oh horses and dirt bikes don't mix like our neighbors are kind of like that but as soon as you chuck them in the paddock with them they don't care at all they just sit there watching him going round and round and round so no complaints there <laughs> I, I did notice though and it must have been um, penance for racking up the, uh, the 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 yard that he had to um, he had to harrow it with the uh, with the youth yes yeah yeah the arena he definitely decided to try a few wheelies although he had weeds in a corner and I was like oh I can't quite pull them out so I was like well, you could always just do it with the rear wheel of your dirt bike, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, there's been a lot happen in the stables and the, the stables, the shed. What do you call your area, your compound? Yeah, a compound, yeah. I mean, we've got a mix of everything, dirt bikes, horses, cars, everything. So I guess we'll just, we'll just call it the shed. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. So you're on Instagram, uh, Chaotic Blonde. You're on Instagram with Lost Squid. Where else do we find your content? Is there YouTube and that sort of thing as well? Yeah, Luke's gotten really big on YouTube. Um, just a few fun videos that sort of started out and then the following grew quite largely for New Zealand-based and internationally. So you can always find his antics, crashes and whatnot on um, YouTube. Again, just Lost Squid. Um, I, I do make potential um, appearances on there and they're never for anything good it's always my crashes that tend to make it but if you want a bit of a laugh during lockdown <laughs> they're always a good watch outstanding well thank you very much Amber aka Chaotic Blonde for taking the time to have a chat hope you heal up well and uh, get out of lockdown and get back on two wheels or four legs as the case may be <laughs> thank you so much lovely chatting to you Next victim on the list to chat to today, uh, Paul Kane, IAM, as well as just a decent all-round rider and good bloke. G'day, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And yourself? Good, 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 good. Um, well, as good as can be expected in the current uh, COVID-19 uh, alert level. Uh, of course, mm. we're recording this on a Thursday. The announcement comes out tomorrow, so we don't know whether we're going to be in lockdown. But, Paul, you're in the Carpety Coast. I reckon, if anything, uh, the Carpety Coast has got to be a great candidate for dropping down a level. Uh, you, you would. Uh, my optimistic side would say yes, but my realistic side would say nah. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go, <laughs> um, Paul. You're a BMW rider. Uh, refresh uh -huh. my memory. You've got the uh, the khaki green 1200 GSA. That's correct. Yes. Well done. Your your memory is better than you're letting on. <laughs> what have you What have you done to that bike? Uh, have you done anything to it apart from the the massive tailbox? Um, so I, I guess everybody puts luggage on it, um, which which I have. I put on a touring windscreen. Um, I'm a, <clears throat> a little 
more uh, I'm around 196 tall so the stock screen tends to put the airflow very firmly coming in in the gap between my jacket and the chin bar of my helmet which gets a bit uncomfortable um, I have uh, put on a thing called a hex easy can uh, which is a little very clever piece of switch gear that plugs into the wiring loom uh, without breaking into the loom if that makes sense uh, so it means that you can take the device off uh, and everything that's connected to it and you haven't interfered with the stock uh, wiring at all which is quite neat uh, and it uses um, control signals from the bike's own CAN bus setup. So uh, I run a set of auxiliary lights. I run an auxiliary tail light. Um, I run a aftermarket uh, air horn off it and I have a little uh, power outlet that sits under the, the pillion seat as well. So the whole thing runs with that. It's all electronic fuses. Uh, you can program it to do different things. You can use the actual controls on the bike's handlebars to to regulate say the auxiliary lights and what they do that sort of thing it's a really nice bit of night bit of kit um it sounds like a really mm, cool device mm. yeah so they 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 make them for uh, a number of bmw models some of the ktm bikes um a few harleys um and i believe I could be wrong but there might even be a honda model or two whether they have a compatible device but uh there's there's an Australian distributor that, that that takes care of the New Zealand market, and uh, he's a good guy and pretty good service. Mm. So I've put them on three or four bikes and fitted them on other bikes for other people, and yeah, they're they're a great little bit of kit. Uh, yeah. Um, aside from that, it's it's little things like. Um, an extension for the stock handguards. I've put some protectors on bits and bobs that you don't want breaking. So I've got a very neat bit of um, billet over the side stand switch because I don't want to be stuck somewhere and the bike won't start because of a micro switch. Uh, but other than that, um, the, the big thing is the screen and the, uh, of course, the, 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 the device I was talking about. Oh, and one of those uh, mounts for a uh, phone, what are they called? Quad lock. I have one of those on the bars as well. Oh, you did get a quad lock. I did get a quad lock, yeah. So I was toying with that for a long time and I, I, I they're really nice. Um, and the case is good because it, it just serves as, a, as an ordinary case and doesn't really alter you know, everyday function of the phone and it's it's really secure. I'm super impressed by how well they hold the phone on the bars. Mm, brilliant. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think I'm right in saying you're more of a tourer than an adventure rider, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love long days in the saddle. Um, not that I won't ride gravel, but I don't actively seek it out. Uh, I'm, I'm more interested in smaller hopefully tarsied roads but I, I i like uh i like touring so the summer is weekend overnight trips and uh, my wife and i normally head away for a couple of weeks as well and and, and do a, a pretty major tour so we've done that over the last four or five years um 
first of all, it was the two of us uh, on our own bikes. And she stopped riding last year, just before the first lockdown. She said, no, I've, I've had enough. I've done my own thing. I'll just sit back and relax and let you do all the work. Um, so we, we, we're we just in the process of planning our next trip at the minute. Mm. So you, uh, last year, I think I saw you went and kind of did the uh, the Upper South Island. Was that last year? Yes, yes. Yeah, that was last summer, yeah. So we uh, we got over in the ferry. We went down on the eastern side, went as far as Kaikoura. Um, we did the... We, we, what we like to do is go at a reasonable little pace and spend some time in a place like around us. We're not on the bike every single day, but we went from there. Then we went over to the west coast, spent a little bit of time down as far as Hokitika, Um back over to Akaroa, uh, then up through the middle and went over to the Golden Bay. So uh, we managed to stretch that out for a couple of weeks and and did the passes and some of the smaller roads. And yeah, had a, had a, a little bit of gravel in the Golden Bay because you can't not. But um, that was good. Really, really good. And what trip. are you planning for uh, 2021, 2022 summer? So, so, uh, so this would be, uh, yeah, 2022. Um, at the minute, um, looking like it's a North Island, so we tend to uh, alternate between North and South Island. Um, going to head over to the Hawks Bay. We're going to take in the Gentle Annie. Oh, that's a uh, great road. The, I hope you get some decent weather for your, for your trip because it was absolutely yeah. teeming down when I did it. Oh, that's mm, that wouldn't be so much fun. You, you get up high there, so I guess you, you, you get exposed to some stuff, but it's it's just superb. Um, and there's a bit of everything. There's sort of faster sweeps, and then there's the tighter, more technical stuff. And there's it, it's just uh, the scenery is just outstanding. And uh, if you get the right day, the views over to Ruapehu are superb. Um, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, head up towards Gisborne uh, over by the Fraser Town Road. Uh, I haven't done that before. Uh, stop in Gisborne, go up through the Waikaka Gorge, spend some time in Fakatani, go up to the Coromandel, spend some time there. Um, and then come back down through uh, 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 sort of uh, Raglan, and uh, there's there's a is it Wahia, and you come in a back way to Waitomo. Uh, so trying to oh, avoid down through Raglan, Kafia Coast, the Kafia, kind of area. Kafia, that's the that's the place I'm trying to think of. Yes, but pardon me for misremembering, but yeah, that's that's the road. Uh, then we'll probably head over by the Forgotten World Highway. Uh, the Paraparas, uh, Turakina Valley, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we, 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 we try to take in a fair wee bit. Nice one. Um, mm. as, as, a, as a bit of a sideline, you, you mm-hmm. are involved in IAM, Adva- Institute yes. of Advanced Motorists, which yes. is not just motorcycles, as I've recently found out, but cars as well. Uh, yes, and absolutely. I think in the UK or, you know, further afield, there's, there's trucks and stuff involved? Yes. So the... the Technically, we have a, a heavy vehicle division as well. It's just um, uh, it, it hasn't had much uptake. It hasn't doesn't really have traction in, in New Zealand. But yes, in the UK, sort of the where the organisation began, um, they have those three divisions: uh, cars, motorcycles, and what they call heavy goods vehicles. Um, we just call it heavy 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 vehicles here. The, the um, 
the car division here is quite small, but it's gaining in momentum. Um, and there are a number of people who started out their contact with IAM RoadSmart, as we, that's kind of like our trading name, if you like. Um, the uh, number of motorcyclists and say, oh, hey, we could, we could take some of the stuff that we've learned with riding our bikes and, and put it into the context of driving our car. Um, so it's all about using roadcraft, which is something we don't own. Uh, a number of organizations will utilize and or promote the concept of roadcraft, which is a systematic way of decision-making and hazard management when you're using a vehicle on public roads. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good way to upskill. Um, it's a really good way to make sure that at the end of the day, you get home and live to ride another day. Um, which is really what we're, we're primarily, people don't like it when you talk about safety. Safety seems to have some connotation of um, boring. Uh, let me tell you, we have some members and you would be doing well to keep up with them. They, they, know, how to, they know how to handle their machines. Um, it's more about uh, risk management. So it's, being on the roads is not without risk. But if you take that systematic approach, um, you're giving yourself a better chance. Um, don't let anybody ever tell you that if you take an advanced writing course or join IAM, that somehow you will be imbued with the ability to never crash again. Um, it's 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 just about getting better and always improving and and trying to apply that system. One of the big things that I think IAM's taught me and and, and I've kind of picked up mm -hmm. is um, taking giving and using using giving taking information and and it's yes. something that i noticed that a lot of motorcyclists and car drivers as well not just motorcycle but we're, we're primarily talking motorcyclists here um they, mm. they seem to miss and that uh mm -hmm. you see on social media that oh, i crashed my bike today i was out in the middle of the wop wops belting down a road and there was gravel on the road and it wasn't there and nzta is the one to blame and and <laughs> you watch the video like this particular example that i'm thinking of there was a video he was belting down the road and he went past two signs and he went past a truck on the side of the road and he ignored all of those signs before yeah. he hit the corner yeah. there was gravel and he was off yeah that's you you couldn't have illustrated it better it's about uh, the the system that we talked about is described in an acronym uh, ipsca uh, um, beginning with i and i is for information and you take use and give information and you're absolutely right uh, the, the whole system's predicated on paying attention to what's going on around you and picking up some of those things are very obvious some of them are a little bit more subtle but it's just I guess, training your brain to be looking for those things. Like um, people get frustrated about signage that sits on the road, but it's usually put out there for a reason. Um, it, it ill behooves you to ignore that sort of, you know, uh, their road works, lower limits, gravel on the road, broken it's, surface. But it's also it, not just like signs, right? I mean, you yeah. could be riding down the road enjoying a nice sunny day and get the smells, you know, the smells yeah. going on of, of the yeah. freshly cut grass. That should be yes. a warning sign as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Or other smells that tell you that stock have been moved down the road at some point, so you, you should be looking out for it. And uh, Yeah. It, it, it's it's what does this mean can i can i take anything from this um uh, it, there's 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 all sorts of information it, it's hard to 
it's impossible to give a definitive list of the things that you want to be looking out for. But you're absolutely right. It's it's a way of just thinking about something in terms of can I uh, can I extract any information from what I'm sensing, seeing, hearing, smelling. Uh, hopefully not tasting. Probably at that point, you, it's it's all it's all gone wrong. <laughs> but uh, to, to better inform, and uh, you know, some people think, ah, geez, you must be paranoid. And and actually, the opposite is the case. Um, if you're thinking ahead like that, and and taking in all of those clues that that you've alluded to, uh, it actually makes for a very relaxing form of writing. And uh, the, other, the other part of that, the mm, take use give information mm, is something like yes. on a motorbike I know my T7 has really good engine braking and I can go from mm-hmm. 100 down to 5k's an hour just by mm-hmm. dumping gears and I don't even have to touch yes. the brakes but it's the yes. giving information because if I dump all those gears the van behind me might rear end me because it doesn't know I'm slowing down so yeah. giving the information hit it, touching yep. the brakes to, to flash the tail light yep. you, know? you, don't, you, don't, you don't even have to engage the brakes it's just, it's just far enough for that little switch to activate the light absolutely um uh, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be that dramatic a drop in speed, but if you're on a 100k road and you're coming into a town and you go into a 50 zone, um, you should be slowing down because there's a reason why there's a 50 zone. And drivers tend to go by what happens immediately in front of them. And if you're on a bike and you're just dropping down through the gears to drop speed and not using your brakes, um, they're not going to pick up <laughs> and not necessarily be clued into the fact that you're actually bleeding an awful lot of speed off very, very quickly. So again, that's that, yeah, it's a really good example of, of how you can do that. And even things like the, the position that you set yourself up on the road, um, using your indicators. Uh, I mean, I see this all the time because I commute from Capity into Wellington and, and you see guys on bikes and yes, they're taking advantage of the fact that they can move quickly in and out of uh, between lanes and through traffic and, uh, you know, and, the, and they, they put on their indicator uh, for half a second there's a single blink you know and then they get upset whenever car drivers while they're halfway across the lane absolutely (laughs) so i mean if you were on the other if you put the shoe in the other foot and you were you were taking that information that someone was giving you know motorcyclists are really really good about bitching about what other people do but they're not particularly good about looking at themselves and and looking at their own habits and the way that they non-verbally communicate with other road users. Um, it's like people who filter and they they are, are split and they go down with. I mean, we're into personal opinion here. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you. But you're you're going along with your indicators on or your. Uh, sorry, hazard not your lights. indicators. The hazard lights. You know, mm-hmm. so not every bike has the ability to run the hazard lights, but. Hazard lights are supposed to be used when your vehicle is stationary. And, you know, so what What actually are you, what are you trying to tell other road users by using, the, say, so the argument is usually, oh, I'm more likely to be seen. Why, you know? Uh, if, if you're screaming through and traffic's moving at 15 k's an hour and you're going at 60, uh, it doesn't matter that your hazard lights are on because a typical car driver will not see or have the time to respond to you coming if if you're coming through that traffic too quickly. So here, here's a way of putting it. Are you prepared to put your own 
personal safety and the well-being of your machine in the hands of other people. If you are fine, fill your boots, do whatever you want. But uh, if, if you're not prepared to put that responsibility with other people, then you have to start and think about what you're doing, what information you're gathering, what decision making you're you're going through, and also what you're conveying to other road users. So, yeah, it's it's these are the sorts of discussions which you will know now that that we we have with our associates as they go through the the, the coaching process. Hang on, Paul. Um, though, hang on, hang yeah. on. I've got a loud exhaust. The three five cars are hitting me. They're going to hear me coming. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really want to get me in trouble today, don't you? Yeah. I just thought I would open the can of worms and see what uh, happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't fully understand the physics of this, but you've got stuff behind you and the sound from that bike's being directed even further behind you. Uh, again, it's, it's uh, I mean, look, I, I have lights, uh, extra lights on my bike and it's it's with a view to being more visible but if I ride in such a way that I don't present those lights in such a way that other road users can see them it doesn't matter if I've got a hundred extra lights or or no extra lights it, it's it's I st- those are passive things and I still have responsibility for good decision making and not putting that responsibility into the hands of others or their capabilities or thinking processes so it's about it, owning your your absolutely owning absolutely. your ride owning your bike and owning your actions really mm, yeah I mean if you want if you want a loud pipe again fill your boots I couldn't give a rat's arse but don't tell me that that's going to keep you safe. Exactly. Don't yeah. justify a loud exhaust by saying yeah. it's a safety feature. It's not. No. You just like no. the vibration and the noise when you twist the throttle. Absolutely. And that's great. I mean, if, that, if that's what yanks your chain, good on you. Enjoy it. You know, ignore what other people tell you, but it, it's not a safety precaution. No. Paul Kane, AIM, Road Smart, IAM, sorry, IAM, Road Smart. I love these conversations and thank you very much for for taking the time out of your day from working from home for joining us for the podcast today. You are most welcome. You, You stay safe and well, buddy. And we'll go for a ride when lockdown's over, I promise. Yes, yes, we will. Okay, now it is time to catch up with Matt Day-Gillett. He's been riding the fabled Harley-Davidson Pan America. We didn't get to go to the launch. It was entirely cancelled because of the bad weather. Not COVID, unfortunately. Um, and now Matt has one parked in his garage on long-term loan because we were, well, we were in lockdown. Uh, Matthew Day-Gillett, come in. Harley-Davidson Pan America special. First chance to get it into some dirt. And um, it's, it's not disappointing. Well, I'm thoroughly impressed with what Harley-Davidson's done here. It's definitely not a dud, and it's priced just right at just under $34,000 for the base bike. This one has spoked wheels. Um, that also comes with the adjustable ride height, ARH. Definitely worth the extra money, that ARH system, particularly if you're a bit short in the leg, like I am. That, combined with putting the seat in the low position, uh, makes this bike so manageable. It's just incredible. So we'll take a quick look around. What shall we start with first? Let's go with the engine. Revolution Max 1250. It's about 1252 in reality. Very different from any Harley engine ever. Integrated gearbox, beautiful gear shifting. Uh, surprisingly, it doesn't have a quick shift or anything, um, but it does shift quite seamlessly. Uh, variable valve timing and all that sort of new modern goodness. 
styling wise bit contentious but in person it is nowhere near as horrendous looking as it is in photos and um, I'm actually becoming quite a fan bit of a vulnerable radiator we get in there a little bit vulnerable definitely could do with a uh, sort of a metal protector of some sort um, they've already put on crash bars to protect the sides of the radiator and uh, the spots and whatnot thankfully I haven't had to use those one thing I do want to know is here on the Harley logo I'm gonna to have to email Harley Davidson and find out there's a nice little map here and I'm wondering where this topographical map has come from all right let's get into the good stuff so keyless it's a keyless bike so key just sits in your pocket does all the good stuff here we are tells us all about the good stuff warning side stand down that's another weird thing about this bike it's the side stands in your typical Harley Davidson position which is sort of right underneath the engine instead of sitting back here which takes some getting used to it's a little bit tricky to get down as well just because it's in front of your gear selector and to kick it down you're sort of hitting your gear shifter at the same time factory tires actually pretty good very confidence inspiring chain drive um, but yeah let's get into the toys so beautiful dash uh, adjustable windscreen um, very easy to use just grab and click I think there's about three positions there TFT display plenty of stuff to go through there oh, it's not gonna let me do it because the side stands down all right we'll have to do that when i put my helmet back on and run through that adjustable levers mirrors that work beautiful mirrors barely any vibration gets through those if anything i've got one complaint about the switch gear is well i've got two complaints really uh the indicator lacks a bit of feedback particularly when you're going to cancel it especially if you're wearing gloves when i picked this bike up had winter gloves on and trying to touch all these buttons and have a play around was actually quite tricky but you got lots of goodies there heated hand grip cruise control high beam low beam um, and lots of modes to play with um, if you've got the harley davidson boom center set you can also integrate that in here as well uh, and running the harley davidson app you can bring up navigation very thorough Oh, that's another thing. I believe the special gets the steering damper as well as the electronic adjustable ride height. So, what else can I say about this bike? It's, yeah, I think it's a lovely bike. Definitely more on the touring side. If you want more hardcore adventure, you're of course going to look at the KTM with its 21 inch front wheel. The 19 is fine. If anything, it did strike me as the front tire is quite wide. Um, what sizing is it? Yeah, go have a quick look. 120 70 19 i have a gander at that it just i don't know it seems quite a large width front tire but it does the job which is all you really want and uh yeah so now i think that's um that's enough for just having a yarn on this thing let's go ride it um and um see what fun we can have oh lovely definitely wasn't raining when i left home this morning Big stick, avoid that. All right, so Pan America, in the dirt. Well, gravel, closest dirt I'm willing to take it today, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it doesn't disappoint. Uh, lots of electronics, as I said. Good fun bike. Uh, weighs about 257 kilos, I believe is the New Zealand spec. Um, so that's well, basically exactly 100 kilos heavier than my rally, my little Honda, which 
kindly is being put through a warrant of fitness at Road and Sport in Hamilton, the dealership I bought this, well I didn't buy this, sorry, the dealership I picked this up off. I'm pretty familiar with this ride, but this is um, probably the ruggedest it's been in terms of uh, crap on the road. Uh, so this engine um, being variable valve timing, it's like it's got two personalities. It's got this nice uh, sort of torquey low end where you can just tractor over everything. And then out on the highway, if you want to have a lot of bit of, well, a lot of fun, <laughs> you can let it rip and it just sounds awesome. Doesn't sound like your typical Harley, interestingly. Uh, there's not really that potato potato thing going on. Instead, it's sort of got this dry sump V8 kind of thing going on. I quite like it. Oh, getting wet. Can't see. <laughs> Slowing down. So, in terms of being dynamic, it's quite a nice bike. Uh, you got, obviously, electronic suspension provided by, I think it's Showa that does the hardware. Harley did all the um, electronics side of things. Um, and the ARH system is beautiful. It just, you don't even know it's working. All of a sudden you pull up to a light and you can touch the ground, it's great. So traction control and ABS is still on in this ride mode I've got it on. And they're not all that intrusive. And I'm actually kind of glad that they're there. Finally getting out of the rain drops a bit. It's a bit misty up here on Mount Parangia today. Sit down, have a bit of a cockpit look. So beautiful big TFT display. Has all of the stuff you could want. And a bit more to be honest. I know some people are a bit hesitant with technology. So that Harley app, you can have navigation set up. It's only point A to point B unfortunately. So it's not like the River app or Google Maps we can set up waypoints as far as I can tell anyway. In the limited time I've been playing with it. Oh, big hunter. But it does get the job done if you're unsure of where you're going. You just whack that in. You can have it give you the full map readout. Or you can have just this little icon down in the right hand side of the screen. Also tells you your fuel. Uh, the fuel gauge is actually really tiny. Uh, but it is a 20, 20 odd litre tank with a bit extra to spare. But I just can't get over how confidence inspiring this bike is. Sort of normally I'm very hesitant in gravel on a bike that A isn't mine and B costs so much. Um, because I don't want to have to get a second mortgage on the house to pay for a bike that I've been. So I take it reasonably easy with these things off-road, understandably. Have a little bit of fun and kind of test the limits, but only really a, an owner will put the full limits of this bike into sort of the test. Wonderful. Might be worth stopping for a pick here. Yeah, for a 150 horsepower bike, I don't know why you'd want any more power. Um, this delivers it so nicely as well. Sort of, it, it builds and then it surges. So you sort of got a point in the rev range where it just ticks over and just takes off. Yeah, definitely be more than happy to do most of my South Island trip again on one of these. Probably not the Mangatafu. Uh, that was hard enough on the little 250. Can't imagine how much work it would be on something like this. But the Rainbow Road, easy. Happily do it on this. Um, Molesworth as well. So you could do the Molesworth on 
your standard touring Harley um, it's that well graded it's nice having a lot of power at your wrist and you don't have to like work the throttle completely along here on my bike I'm normally just completely tapped out I'm barely touching the throttle on this it's just happily rolling along uh, that's another thing I've been meaning to say the clutch is incredibly light it's a cable operated clutch it's not a fancy hydraulic unit and it's just unbelievably light um, you'd expect it to be on something more akin to a 650 than a 1250 um, so easy to modulate uh, that's thanks to having a slip assist clutch um, but man it's it that was probably the biggest surprise when I first got on this bike was just how light the clutch action is um, especially after getting off the little Honda uh, the clutch on that is barely like you have to put no effort into that and I was expecting this to have a rather heavy clutch like your typical Harley and it doesn't which bodes well for the future oh I love the noise this thing puts out I can feel the traction control just kick in a little bit here I've been playing mid-corner with the throttle kicking out a little and then you just feel it just grab you just before you start slipping too much it's got me thinking back to when me and the boys did the Forgotten Highway and around Taranaki together and Ben was riding the, the party couch the R1250 GS Adventure and I couldn't believe just how much confidence he had in the bike and in the couple of years since then my um, I like to think my gravel riding has come a long way but I'd love to ride against the party couch along do that ride again with this with the party couch and do a proper comparison so if this records and I don't know if it is because I have very low memory card space but if it does this is going to be the conclusion on the Pan America. Obviously I think it's a great bike <laughs> as um, the previous bits of footage will uh, attest to but what's what's up with it? So it's got a couple of niggly little points, um, busy buttons and uh, I found the exhaust if you're sitting while well, standing on the pegs on the balls of your feet the exhaust gets in the way of your heel and I don't have massive feet but otherwise it's truly a great first go by Harley and I find it very confidence inspiring um, particularly with the electrics on so I've got it on off-road mode too gives you a bit of slip on the rear wheel but not too much and you can have a lot of fun with it it feels almost like a big version of my 250 in the way it slides just catches you when you start to think oh this is going a bit far uh, road manners is beautiful um, the Revmax engine I think it's about 5000 rpm or thereabouts that it sort of jumps onto the hot cam everything under that it's nice and tractory and it sounds great for a dual overhead cam V twin like, it does sound a bit like a V8 on heat handling wise it's got a 19 inch front wheel but it is very easy to ride 
I could ride this all day. I'd be more than happy to take on some of the more famous or infamous uh, New Zealand adventure routes on this. Uh, obviously none of that real gnarly stuff that guys on 500cc KTMs and the like get onto. But for your more basic adventure riding, perfect. Does the job. Be interesting um, what the luggage is like, but it does absolutely everything it needs to. Uh, the only things I would change, as I've said, hand guards, I'd put some real ones on like Barkbusters, I'd add a bash plate and I'd add a radiator guard. Those are the three main things it needs uh, that it doesn't come from the factory with. I'm pretty sure, apart from the uh, hand guards, you could probably get a radiator guard and the bash guard off the Harley Accessories package. Uh, so yeah, great price, great first attempt by Harley at an adventure bike. Uh, now what I'd like to see is a smaller version, lighter, this is thereabouts 260 kilos. Woohoo, a water crossing, fun. You don't feel the weight so much, you can get into a bit more, get into a bit of trouble in low speeds, more technical stuff with a big heavy bike. But it handles beautifully, I am a fan. <laughs> if I had the money would I buy one? If I was on the market for a big adventure tour, hell yeah, it's um, very good value. The only thing will be uh, how it sort of becomes accepted by the Harley faithful. Will you still be allowed on the hog rides? Uh, will you still be, uh, yeah, will you not be looked down upon by the guys on the classic Harleys? And I suppose time will tell, but for now that's uh, my thoughts on the Harley Davidson Pan America 1250 Special. I'm looking forward to being able to ride that bike. Thank you very much. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours across any platform you like. Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all good. Um, don't know what we're going to do next week. This, of course, is being recorded before the announcement on what level we're in. So, um Good luck, everybody. By the time this podcast comes out, you'll probably know exactly what's going on. You'll know more than me. Uh, but we'll endeavour to bring you another episode next week. I've been Ray Heron. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Hopefully out on two wheels. Two wheels.